Hello and welcome to season 2 of Content Kettle. As promised, we are back with more conversations on e-commerce marketing and growth. This time, we will co-host the podcast to bring you the best tips from brands across industries and e-commerce experts. So, let's get started. Hi Apeksha, welcome to Content Kettle. Hi. All right. Today we have the founder of Gourmet Jar with us. Gourmet Jar is a brand that produces premium sauces, preservatives, jams, dips, honey and a lot more of products. So most of their products are organic and made out of natural ingredients itself and they definitely bring magic to your kitchen. So that's pretty much I know from Apeksha so far but I would love it to hear from you what your brand is and uh, how did you take it to the market my story was quite an accident i call myself an accidental entrepreneur and i think uh, business just happened to me not something that i had planned so uh, this uh, gurmeja was born out of a passion of cooking i was writing a food blog back in 2009 2010 and experimenting a lot in the kitchen and uh, i tried recreating a banana jam that uh, you know i'd had on a holiday in france and uh, experiments in the kitchen led to like you know making my first batch of banana rum jam and then i started making more flavors at home and uh, stopped buying from the market and uh, eventually like when, when friends and family started asking for bottles i kind of realized that what i'm doing is very unique and it doesn't really exist in the indian market so this was back in 2011 12 you know when uh, the artisanal fmb space was not what it is today and natural organic foods were like just starting to come you know into india and uh, people were just starting to get introduced to like you know clean label uh, brands and all of that and uh, and i was making something which was very interesting you know unique flavors like banana rum jam mango alapino uh, things that you know in india we've always grown up with like strawberry mango pineapple jam mixed fruit jam and uh, also i was using completely natural ingredients real fruit you know no coloring no preservative no additives uh, and i felt that you know what i'm doing is something very unique and different it doesn't exist so i just thought let me start uh, you know put it out there and see if people want to buy it So I just started uh, like a Facebook page and uh, started selling directly to customers, you know, online. And my first, uh, you know, initial sales were just through Facebook and Twitter. And uh, just yeah, so it was a small home business. I was supplying to customers directly, and eventually, in a couple of years, you know, and tours started hearing about my products, or hotels started hearing about it. So I started getting opportunities from them where they wanted to stock my uh, jams and preserves. And that's when I moved out of home into a small unit, and I hired a few people to help me out, and it kind of just grew from there organically. and uh, yes that's was like the start of the journey pretty interesting yeah you started on the b2c side like you were selling to the consumers directly okay. and uh, yeah. you also mentioned that uh, hotels and other restaurants cafes and all started reaching out how did you go about managing that part of it could could you explain like how did you go about marketing your brand on the b2b side So honestly, in the beginning, it was just word of mouth, you know, because I didn't really do any marketing. I mean, I got a lot of free press initially because I think in that like two thousand twelve, thirteen, you know, it was something very unique, and these kind of products did not really exist in the Indian market. So people who heard about it, even a lot of journalists, and I got a lot of articles in like different publications, like you know, Times of India, Delhi Times, like you know, even BBC, Good Food, a lot of uh, newspapers, Hindu, all of that, a lot of them. Like so, the initial buzz was just through the word of mouth, I think. and because the products were so good and uh, it's just the word of mouth that led to a lot of chefs and hotels and you know stores hearing about it so i didn't really do any kind of marketing in the beginning you know 
it was just like putting a few posts out on social media and obviously at that time it was there was no paid marketing and all of that so whatever i would put out there would reach you know my network and through them other people like that way so it was much uh, simpler i would say and the marketing bit came really later on initially it was just okay i was getting orders and i was fulfilling them that's what the operations was at that point and marketing and all came in much later when i had to like obviously scale up and all of that when after it was like a legit business in a way got it definitely so you have built your product during the times when the f- facebook algorithm wouldn't decrease the reach of your post exactly. no no would yeah, yeah. do it yeah, yeah. so back yeah. then anything that you would put organically would work out but now it's not the case yeah. anymore yeah yeah that's interesting there's so much of details that goes into creating the kind of product you are making so i i'm just curious and want to understand the entire process that goes into creating one product so of course you know now there's a it's a very different uh, situation now compared to when i started so when i started off it was more about making products that i like to eat you know so that's how we see because it was like i was passionate about cooking and that's how it started so i used to you know things that i like to eat eat at home i would make those and then try to sell those but over the years obviously the the you know thought process changed because now it's a business you have to think of what the customer wants right so my process of creating new products has changed in that sense that i now we of course listen to a lot of our customer like you know people in messages asking that okay you know do you have ketchup do you have pasta sauce do you have like now a lot of people ask us for hot sauces things like that so that's when we started like realizing that okay we have to you know cater to what the consumer wants and not like what i like to cook in a way and so now that's the approach that we take you know so whatever uh, you know and eventually like i started by making jam and preserve but since it's a small market in india and indians don't eat sweet every day for breakfast so kind of realized i have to add more savory categories because indians like more spicy savory food so dheere uh, dheere we started adding you know more savory categories like mustard and then relishes and then of course like dips and spreads and pasta sauces pestos all of that uh, that has been a like a journey over the years you know every year we keep adding some new products and like recently we launched salad dressings so now it's more of a you know uh, giving the consumer what they want and i think everybody is looking for healthy condiments because especially like these kind of categories they are all filled with a lot of products which have a lot of preservatives and chemicals and all of that and uh, so now that's what i do i kind of you know understand what the consumer wants where there's a gap in the market and then i try to create products to fit that space in a way and in terms of the methodology is more like i do like you know trials at home first and then after that uh, i make my team taste it and you know we shortlist a few of those and then we kind of try to do them on a larger scale in the production unit and then after that send them out to like you know old customers chefs people that we know uh, friends and family and get their feedback on it and then kind of tweak it further to reach the final recipe and uh, once that is kind of once we know that okay you know people have liked it they've tasted it then after that we kind of uh, figure out how to scale up the production on that and then develop the product in a way okay so when you're launching a new product how do you go about making the production do you uh, okay you got the approval from the chef and a uh, few of the customers as well what is the quantity or the percentage that you uh, produce so that you know you're not filled with a lot of inventory if it's not selling out much so like when i do the initial trials at home i probably make like 1 kg batches you know uh, okay. and after that like in the in the production unit when we do a larger trial we probably do like 5 to 10 kg batches and then of course once the uh, product is finalized and all then then our batch size is most like you know 40 50 kg type so that's how we kind of slowly scale it up you know understood have you run any of the marketing campaigns on instagram or facebook so far if so then what were those and which were some of the campaigns that worked out really well for you 
no of course now we do like you know since 2 years so uh, like i started off my brand with a d2c approach in a way just selling directly to consumers then after that we kind of changed our strategy and became more of a b2b uh, brand because we started supplying more through distributor so i built the brand more offline right so we were available in stores and we started supplying to modern trade retail stores all of that and then uh, we did not really uh, do much on the d2c front for a few years you know so after covid we had to kind of pivot and start focusing again on d2c so it was like coming a full circle and now uh, of course we do a lot more on amazon shopify and to drive those sales you have to do advertising there's no other way you know because now the space is so cluttered and there's so many brands out there that if you don't do advertising it's it's very very hard to get sales on your own uh, website you know so we do a lot of sales for the last two and a half years or so we've done quite a bit of uh, online advertising and i think the campaigns are more like uh, about how to use the product you know that's the kind of uh, advertising that we do especially a lot of recipes and you know how to like for example we have a blueberry spread now a lot of people only with jams they only think it's for breakfast you know but there's a lot more that you can do with it so we kind of do campaigns which promote how to say you can have it you know in a smoothie instead of putting sugar and other things you can put you know a preserve in a smoothie you can put it in like yogurt and make like a flavored yogurt out of it you can use, even use it in salad dressing so these are the kind of things that we try to promote online now in terms of campaigns and of course you know talk about the product usp i think that's what do, does well for us the fact that it's natural there's no preservatives less sugar you know all of these things that's what we highlight and those campaigns typically do well for us okay so you are taking an educational approach to marketing correct yeah yeah uh, it's yeah. it's working out well for you yeah right yeah yeah got it got mm. it what are some of the challenges you face as a woman entrepreneur and also running a team of a woman I mean any entrepreneur has a lot of challenges right like whether you're a man or woman it doesn't really matter because and especially for me I think it was because like it wasn't a planned startup it wasn't a planned entrepreneurship journey right so things kind of just kept happening to me and I had to like figure them out right like uh, it's different from a lot of startups where okay you sit down one day and like okay I'm I want to launch this business this is my idea this is my go to market strategy this is my you know target audience all of that so I developed all these things over time in a way I think some of the key challenges were like initially it was just understanding how to run a business right like uh, because i've not had that experience before i've not done an mba i've not had a corporate job like i used to be a french teacher before this so it was very new to me you know so uh, just understanding everything and i think on the finance and account side right like learning about numbers and how to you know read a balance sheet pnl all these kind of things and uh, then of course it was like operationally i think scaling up was one of the biggest challenges because making uh, like you know 5 10 kilo batches at homes was like is easier but when you have to make like hundreds of kilos in a day and you know have to scale up at the same time i cannot be making every batch right so to make sure that my team does the same job and you know maintains the same quality and consistency of the product that was i think one of the biggest challenges in a way to ensure that the product quality stays consistent even if we are making like in thousands of bottles a day and when i'm not making it myself so that's something that we like i figured out and otherwise it's like i think as a woman entrepreneur in a way like it's it's more like dealing with the people not taking you seriously i think you know like even employees sometimes for them it's hard to have like a woman boss i think for a lot of men dealing with those kind of thing and people like you know you're just people in the industry who you talk to like your suppliers your they like not taking you seriously initially so they want to know if there's somebody else like you know your father or your husband or somebody else with you running this business and even like dealing with government you know like uh, government officials especially because when you're running a factory kind of setup in a manufacturing unit you have a lot of these people visiting right government officials in the beginning i remember when i had the factory then 
they would come and they would be like you know sahab ka hai and i would be like you know there is no sahab over here like i am running then then i guess eventually they all understood that okay this is there's a woman running the factory over which is a very rare thing i feel that's why they are not used to it so so these were some of the kind of challenges and of course like even in terms of funding right like you face a lot of challenges in terms of uh, getting funding because women uh, raise lesser funds than men obviously i think vcs and all don't have that much faith in women entrepreneurs in a way and then you get asked all kind of questions regarding your marriage and your children like you know i was asked by an investor that are you trying to have children anytime soon you know because these become factors for them to give funding so i think these are some of the challenges that women face specifically makes a lot of sense that's what the culture we have in india back then right yeah, women yeah. getting into the business is like a rare thing and the ones right. who are doing that faces most of the challenges yeah so apeksha could you explain me how the giveaways that you are doing is working out for you like when i scroll through your instagram recently i saw a lot of giveaways that are happening so how do yeah. you go about uh, planning your giveaways and what was some of the success rate you had earlier like running the giveaways yeah so i mean we don't normally do a lot of giveaways not more than one a month typically but uh, last uh, i mean early this uh, month we did a lot because we turned 10 on 10th of september so we had like 10 days of giveaway for that so that's why there a lot in the last you know last few weeks uh, but no giveaways are a good way to you know kind of build uh, some traction create some buzz we like to collaborate with like minded brands in a way where you know your philosophies match and where uh, you have a similar target audience so that we can capitalize on their audience and they can capitalize on ours in a way and you know kind of promote it's like a cross collaboration right and you can promote each other's brands so that's what giveaways really do they help in that and then uh, of course like to spread the word and to you know get new followers as well that that's one of the key things of course a giveaway does and in general it's just good for visibility and you know just to create a little buzz and get some excitement going and i think they work well because even like you know some people may just follow you just for the giveaway but there are some genuine followers that you get as well and people who are actually interested in your products uh, you know and they get to Uh, know about you because it just kind of and typically giveaways work with the model of you know tag two friends or tag three friends so you spread awareness in a way you know like uh, people tag their friend and then new people get to know about your your brand and uh, i think in terms of like we've had giveaways where we've had thousands of you know likes and hundreds of comments and also that really helps in a way in terms of engagement and it helps like the uh, increase the reach to your page and the profile visits and all of that so, yeah and of course i you know at the end of the day after giveaway you're giving a winner some of your products they convert into a customer eventually right like some of them will if they like your product they'll come back to you so yeah so i think it's a win win kind of situation for Uh, the customers as well as the brands you know that are doing it precisely no, not just the winners also the people who are getting tagged right they might also right. start start yeah. buying it because i've been hooked with the giveaway itself with a lot of brands that yeah. i literally ended up buying from them so yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it helps it helps because uh first thing is you are not paying anything for it okay it's not paid yeah. ads and it's the customers who are To, uh, doing the talking for yeah. you and when yeah. it's going from the customer the genuinity of that is a lot more compared to right. you just yeah. running an ad on it yeah got it also what are your thoughts on user generated content like i see a lot of uh, post or on the website as well like the people who are using your product have spoken yeah. about yeah. the customer review mm-hmm. or you know how, what are your thoughts on that and how that has helped you in building the authenticity of your brand Yeah, no i think ugc is a great uh, i mean it's a necessity in a way you know because it's the best form of validation because you know if there's a user who's you know making something with your product and then like saying good things about it that's the best validation that you can get and it's more genuine right so ugc is a very very good way of you know promoting your brand in a way and i think the more you can get people to talk about you that i mean the word of mouth right it's kind of 
the way traditional word of mouth used to work now it's more like okay it's on instagram right it's a very good way of promoting your brand because there's more genuineness attached to it you know it's more authentic it's not like influencer marketing okay something where you're paying somebody you know it's like people i think people will relate to it more and they will believe that you know okay the product is actually good or somebody you know a user is saying that in a way so we definitely like to use that kind of content you know so a lot of people who make recipes with our different products or you know even uh the reviews that we get on our site i mean they are all genuine right so the, those are very good to highlight and and i think it's very important to have user generated content today mm, definitely yeah besides that like you know you, you are getting a lot of free content as well oh, yeah, right? yeah yeah, yeah. and everybody is like a photographer these days right a photographer videographer reel maker so everybody now like making beautiful content has become much easier you know so so definitely you get a lot of free like you know uh, beautiful pictures and reels and videos that you can use got it interesting so apeksha what are some of the metrics that you keep a tab on when you are doing a collaboration with a brand uh, like now instagram has rolled out a new feature where you can collaborate with other brands as well right so besides instagram there are other places also when you do collaboration and you put it out there on the internet yeah what are some of yeah. the metrics that you need to keep a tab on uh, one of the key things is the number of followers of course you put it on instagram you know if when you monitor okay how much your followership has increased because when you collaborate with Uh, another brand like you know obviously like we're visible on their page and vice versa and i think uh, followership should definitely go up because that means that okay you're putting something uh, which is of interest to that audience in a way right so getting an increase in your followers and then also i think the number of uh, shares in a way right because if it's something interesting where people are uh, keen like you know if it's if you have genuine interest to the consumer they'll share it right so the number of shares and saves i think is something like more than likes and comments i feel that the number of shares and same that's how even instagram algorithm works now you know the the reach is not that that's why your number of likes and all may be lesser but then if the people are sharing it and saving it then it kind of circulates a lot more and you get more eyeballs in a way and uh, then of course if in case you see a spike on your sales right in, on the website then that's the best indicator of course that it's worked in terms of success right because there are days when uh, not with brand collaboration but we've had say an influencer talk about or something then you we've seen obviously a spike in sales you know so if a brand collaboration leads to that that also is like a great metric to you know validation of the success of the collaboration got it interesting so uh, one metric that you need to keep a tab on is the followers and second is sales followers saves and then saves and shares as well yeah, i feel precisely yeah. got it yeah. okay so what are some of the challenges that you face when you start selling internationally like i'm put up in dubai right now and when i was just typing gomeja i saw the carrefour that is close to my apartment has the uh, product yeah, yeah. so uh, i i i'm curious and want to understand like what what were some of the challenges you face and uh, how how did you take your brand from selling it pan india to globally as well yeah so we've been uh, we started exports last year and you know we've been present in dubai now for a year just slightly over a year and some of the carrefour stores over there and it's uh, i think exports is like a great opportunity because there's a lot of potential and for us dubai is doing well like people love the product so there's great opportunity there and it is not easy to set up i mean it's not very difficult also but of course the basics have to be like kind of in place so your certification you know whatever documentation is needed and all of that needs to be in place and then after that either you have a lot of money to go there as a brand directly like you know if uh, you want to go and list directly and export directly or you have to find like the right channel partner in a way so we've kind of we found a distributor in dubai who's you know uh, like supplying our products to these stores and who works 
on our behalf over there in in the, in the sense like we only have to do the supplies to them and then after that they do the marketing uh, bit and the you know, sales bit and get the products placed and the orders and everything so both ways are possible you can of course the disadvantage of going with a distributor and whatever is that you get lesser margins if you go directly you know your margin can be higher but at the same time that will cost a lot more money you know because there are listing fees involved and then you have to spend on marketing and everything like that right first thing is getting your certification and all of that in place so that paperwork is there and, and you know your your paperwork is sorted and then second thing is to have the kind of budgets you know if you want to really expand you need to have some budgets to uh, do the listing and then maybe take part in trade shows and things like that we've not done that till now but uh, luckily we were able to find this partner like the distributor who who helped us get in to dubai that's interesting i i was excited when i saw it it was right close to me yeah yeah what are some of the mistakes that you think any entrepreneur who is getting started should avoid lots of mistakes like in the sense like i think any entrepreneur makes a lot of mistakes and learns from them you know it's it's part of the process in a way but i think uh, one of the biggest uh, mistakes that i feel i made or which i think that i can tell people to avoid is like uh, focus on your bookkeeping counting from the beginning you know because when you start a business with a passion typically you are focused on the product and the sales and the marketing but you kind of uh, lose focus or you don't pay attention to the you know financial and accounting aspect of it but then that comes back to bite you in the ass later because when you have to raise money when there's due diligence and all and you go back into history and you know on the books and all then you kind of discover a lot of loopholes so i always say like you know hire an accountant from day one even if they don't have that much work to do but make sure that your books are in order because i think i learned a lot from that that was one of the biggest mistakes that i made i feel and uh, yeah so i think that's something that people should do like focus on the numbers and bookkeeping and accounting and make sure your your data is uh, you know correct and everything and uh, so that you know tomorrow you don't have problems later when you're looking for funds or people are doing due diligence on your books and things like that and uh, apart from that of course there's a lot of things like you know you listen to the customer you scale up slowly so you don't like uh, one of the mistakes that i made also was that we started distribution in multiple cities across india at the same time you know i think it's now i would say it's better to go one region or one city at a time and then go deep and then after move to the next city rather than you know spread across all over so just start with one area one city conquer that then move on to the next region then to the third you know that that's something as well i think if if you plan to do offline distribution you know offline sales not online those are some of the key learnings i would say and then of course you know just focus on product uh, because a lot of people uh, when they scale up they kind of uh, the product quality deteriorates and you know you start compromising maybe for cost reasons or things like that but i think that is one of the biggest mistakes that you can make because if your product is not good especially if it's in the food space right your consumer is not going to come back to you right you may spend online people will try it once but they'll come back they, you know you'll get repeat customers only if your product is actually genuinely good and it has to stay like the reason so we are 10 years old now and the reason our customers are still with us is because we've been able to deliver the same quality and consistency you know year after year batch after batch right we don't compromise on the quality of the product especially because i am passionate about the things that i make you know so product quality is very very important so i think this is something a lot of uh, brands kind of lose over the years in the quest for scaling up cutting costs and all of that but uh, to you know if you're in it for the long run then i think you have to make sure that your product quality sustains that was pretty insightful i'm sure the audience that are listening to it might find this like gold nuggets thrown out here <laughs> yeah and definitely that's something we would follow to as well at contentify thanks a lot apiksha for taking out your time on a saturday morning and uh, sharing your story with us your struggles and 
uh, how you're taking it forward. I'm sure you are just killing it in the market and hope you do too. Thank you. It was good to be here and talk to you. Found this episode insightful? Follow us on Spotify to listen to more of such conversations every week.